Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the right left chronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins. Coming to you from that once forgotten artery that pulses through the center of the continental United States and into the heart of the Ozarks, Grace Matthews. Looking in from the northern border, our Canadian friend, along with his countrymen feeling the effects of U.S. political issues, Connor Murphy. Welcome to Dueling Dialogues, episode 27. I'm Connor Murphy with Grace Matthews. Hi, Grace. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you, Connor? Good. Good. It's uh, sun is shining, finally. Well, it's chilly here, but the sun's shining. It's a beautiful fall day. You have sun there, too? Yes, <laughs> we do, which is very nice. I think we're supposed to have sun all week till like Saturday or something. Oh, awesome. So that's, it's nice. It, it's very nice. Even though I like summer and I like hot, fall can be invigorating. Meh. Nah. It just signals winter's coming. So I agree, yeah. and that's that's not a good thing. I will tell you, I had a, a bit of an experience this morning. Okay. That I want to share with everyone because if you live in the states and have any kind of insurance, even though even if it's not exactly Obamacare, you still have policies that are regulated by Obamacare, and it's very expensive to get tests. You know, preventative treatment and you know well connor yes yeah. getting diagnosed early is everything yeah and how well you heal exactly or if you can heal <laughs> you know what i mean you are totally that, right so with six to twelve thousand dollar deductibles people are not getting preventative care right. and tests so i found a little thing called lifeline and for $209, which you, you can't get any medical test done for that, I was able to get several different stroke screening tests, mm. heart um, valve tests, okay. um, the hardening of arteries in your legs and your arms, right. um, a bone density test, Holy smoke! and a, a couple other things, and then a thyroid test. So all of that for $209, and I guarantee I couldn't have had one of those done. Yeah, no it kidding. It moved very fast. I mean, they're not paying us, but but if you get the chance, they come to your community. A lot of times they come in a bus. Now, today, they were inside a church, and they had it all set up. They moved us through very quickly, about an hour, and I had all of those tests, and I was on my way. Cool. Excellent, excellent, and I think you're supposed to get your results back in about 21 days. So um, it is very, very reasonable and very professional. And I'm sure there's other companies that do it, but I would highly advise do it. Yeah, for that amount of money and to have that amount of tests, that's excellent. I mean, that would have cost you nothing yeah. in Canada as, as a Canadian citizen, but other than, you know, here we pay a monthly premium. Well, and I will, for example, I'll be able to take that off of my flexible spending account, the whole thing. Right. So if you have a flexible spending account, you know what it is? 
and you can take it off. So in that case, mine will be fully reimbursed. Wow. Okay. Through, through my spending account, which, you know, you put away yourself, but it is a tax-free I'm a firm believer that you guys need to have all kinds of creative things like this uh, and innovative things in order to revamp your your entire healthcare system because it needs it badly. Oh, absolutely. So this is just uh, one of those things that were developed in, in response to our inability to easily and affordably get tests. And it is a very good thing. Um, also, I just want to say for a couple of people emailed me, I did pass my salivary stone. Okay, so cool. I'm good. So good. anyway, good. I'm not sure if they emailed me from here or one of the sites, but I'm telling everybody I did pass it over the weekend. Good. Good. So no surgery for now. Awesome. That okay. Speaking of that, you know, and I, you know, when I had that salivary stone, it was painful. I mean, so painful. I was beaten on the counter, you know, much like I beat on my desk sometimes and drive you crazy when we're taping, but even harder than that. I had to have pain medication. When I went to the hospital, they, the first thing they did, they, they looked at me and tears were just rolling down my face from pain. Right. They gave me fentanyl and uh-huh. they sent me home with an opioid to use until... I either had surgery or that stone passed. Right. You know, they're very hesitant right now to give those medications for very good reason. I understand. But I also am questioning, are we going to make it hard for someone like me in in that situation I was in? Are we going to make it too hard or impossible for me to get those medications? Yes. I mean, I hope I don't need it again. I didn't have to give that any thought whatsoever because it's already happening and I'm, I'm seeing I'm it af- here with some of my friends. Um, yeah, I'm afraid we're moving towards that. And I have never had someone like me that's never had a drug issue. You know, I, I'm concerned about it. I, I am concerned about whether they're going to be available at all. Right. Um, Now, I will say that when I was going through cancer treatment, they had as uh, basically I had as much opiates as possible, but that was through a pain specialist. So they set you up with a doctor that is a specialist in pain and how the immune system works. And he sits down with an entire like for an entire afternoon with you. And he talks about all your aches and pains and uh, teaches you how to manage your pain when you do have cancer. And the interesting thing is you need to break through the pain in order to kick your immune system into healing. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, Doctors have to know this, and yet they aren't prescribing opiates to people in pain because of fear of the opiates and, you know, becoming addicting to their patients. So, right. And the numbers are astounding. Yeah. Right. And, and when I took a loved one to a cancer doctor and we went through that, just what you're talking about, the opioids for her were basically unlimited. Yeah. And they should have been. But when you take those situations and you actually calculate how many people do really become addicted and how even if they do come become addicted how many of them are 
waiting outside ready to hit an old lady over the head for her drugs. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. I know that opioid problem is astounding. But how many of these people with an opioid problem were really ever sick? How many of them steal it from another family member? Or buy it. Buy it on the street. And ultimately, you know, we're, we're talking about opioids you get at the pharmacy or the hospital. But also heroin is an opioid. Now, right. they are telling us that most heroin actually addictions actually began with a prescription opioid. Now, the prescription wasn't necessarily written for the person that is addicted. But I would really like to know which came first, the chicken or the egg Right. in this situation. And I believe it's very important because, you know, we read an article, an absolutely breathtaking article by Matthew Walther in uh, a periodical called The Week. It's called America's Opioid Genocide. Now, if you think about that, it's very interesting because... As I asked you earlier, Connor, is there a certain population out there to the government? And when I say government, I'm not necessarily talking about the White House or, you know, the president. That is maybe disposable. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And without getting emotional, because I don't think anybody's disposable. Don't get me wrong. If we take the opioids off the market, first of all, that doesn't keep heroin off the market. Right. Okay. Will they find something else? Absolutely. Are these people born with this genetic tendency and they're going to find something? Pretty much. And the ones that are going to OD, are they going to OD anyway? Well, I think society has written a lot of those people off. Now, I did read a very interesting article way back. I doubt I could dig that up even, where they did a study in Vancouver, and Vancouver's got quite a drug problem. So do we over here in Nanaimo as well and in other parts of, of Canada. Here it's particularly bad because we have a milder climate. So a lot of the homeless people come out here because it's easier to deal with a winter out here than in the prairies. Sure. So, so they did a study and they found that the average drug user creates a deficit of about $46,000 per year on our healthcare system. Wow. So, they, so what they did is they took, I think, 20 or 25 in, in the study. Uh, these are people that have been... Uh, addicted for more than 20 years, most of them. Some of them have been through rehab numerous times. They just can't seem to kick that habit. So what they did is provided free drugs to them in a minimal dosage so it didn't kick them into the withdrawals. And they monitor it like, you know, they would come in for their shots every eight hours into a clinic. And in very short time, all of a sudden, these drug addicts became a lot more contributive towards our society. A lot of them got uh, jobs, sorry, not drugs, jobs. <laughs> so it was a very interesting study that they accepted that these people will never be cured and they took a different approach. And it's saving yeah. money and it's saving lives. And these people are now contributing to, to our society once again. Yeah. And I understand that, but why is it so hard for me to accept that we should do that? I mean, statistically, you're correct. It, it saves money, it saves lives, and they become functional addicts. Right. And when I mean functional, they are still addicts, but it's controlled, and they can have jobs. 
But yet it's hard for me to endorse such a thing. And I I think it's just one of those emotional things we talk about that's hard. I mean, the epidemic has now taken more than 200,000 American lives. That's 30 times more than the Afghanistan and Iraqi wars combined. Right. So it should be easier for me to accept what you're saying. And I believe they're testing a trial similar to that in um, San Francisco. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's right. No. I know it's terrible. And I, I think all of us have had a family member, a friend, or someone close to us that has had an opioid or heroin problem. And it it's destroys their lives. Well, it's not only that. I mean, it's um, recreational drug users and find, you know, ODing from fentanyl that has been put in cocaine or, you know, crack or some sort of party drug like ecstasy. And, you know, a person that maybe just wants to go out and party all of a sudden doesn't wake up the next morning. Yeah. And just about every week, I I think I see somebody post on my Facebook feeds, you know, rest in peace, so-and-so, and and it's weekly, at least weekly. Oh, yeah. Between the opioid crisis and the deaths and the increase in suicide, it's mind-boggling how many people are being lost on a daily basis. Right. And I understand what you're saying, and Trump promises to basically declare war on opioids. And he is directly going after the manufacturers. He believes that they were corrupt, uh, among other things. (laughs) Yeah, Um, to say the least. You know, and that they they lied to the doctors, they lied to to the public about the medication's addictiveness. Right. He is supposed to come out with a plan. Part of the plan will be to declare a national emergency. He had nominated a drug czar or a drug czar waiting for approval, uh, Tom Marina. The BBC came out with a very shocking article from some research they did. And apparently Tom Marina was helping the drug companies. <laughs> Well. He was legislating in a fashion that um, enabled them to reach more people and gain more prescriptions for their their drugs. Um, well, it's he, not only it's not only that. I mean, it's the political contributions from big pharma that is is turning our politicians that way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, they they provide a lot of money. You're right. Big pharma is big money. Right. Big big money. So anyway, the drugs are was either pulled from nomination by Trump. That's where I first saw it. Or he pulled it himself. I've seen it both ways. I, I don't know who pulled the but pulled the, the trigger first. Yeah. yeah, I don't know whether it was Trump or Tom Marino, but he is no longer nominated. I, I'm pretty sure that slows things down because but Trump is due to give a big speech and basically to. Dec- Declare it a state of emergency. And like I said, I want them to. I I want them to do what they can do. What I don't want to do is go with a big stone in my facial gland to the hospital 
and not be able to get medication. Right. And that does worry me. It worries me to think that a cancer patient might have to do without much needed medication because cancer, as you know better than I, is very painful. Yeah. Very painful. Or the treatment and is. The treatment is, yeah, that's true. So that that really scares me. Yeah, and it, it's already occurring. I, I've watched it happen over the last four or five years here in Canada, and, and it's the same thing. You know, being a cancer patient, I can't even get painkillers, but, you know, I, I don't want opiates anyways because I was on so much opiates when I was going through my treatment that no desire to ever be on them again. Yeah, so but when you I, had I, to, you had to. I mean, you I, needed it. Yes, and there's times that I may need it again in the future. I'm sure there will be, but for the most part, I deal with my pain now using a natural herb <laughs> which i don't want to get into that subject but we do need to dedicate a show to that sometimes oh yeah we do don't we that's yes. for sure but yeah we've got a lot here today okay you know okay. um harvey weinstein has been a subject of uh, lots of our conversations lately they had a board meeting today and he resigned according to tmz this was part of his contract. Um, sources with direct knowledge of the board meeting told TMZ under Weinstein's contract after he was fired from the company, there was a five-day cooling off period to let the dust settle. After five days, the matter would go to the board, which and they would ratify the firing. And that's what happened today. The board ratified Weinstein's firing. Uh, once he's ratified, if he reviews refuses to resign he will be removed so that's how that went surprise surprise right i mean there's nothing to surprise there but on the same note you know making the clintons look a little too attached to mr weinstein it uh, came out that harvey weinstein had actually helped bill pay for his lewinsky related <laughs> Legal fees back in the day. Now, no surprises the, the, there. <laughs> the Clintons were very broke back when they were in the White House. I mean, Hillary said that several times. I don't know. Wah, how, wah, you wah, know what? How wah. does she define broke? I don't know, but they Different. are money money grabbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for they sure. They never have enough. I mean, you would think now that they're, you know, they're hitting them close to 70 and their grandparents and they got these houses and stuff. I mean, how much money do they need? But she's over in Europe beating the pavement trying to sell her latest book. What happened? You know, <laughs> when, the, when in the hell is she going to learn what happened? But anyway, so while she's over there promoting her book, she falls down and breaks her toe. And she has to cancel some of her appearances, which, you know, but the big deal is that people are starting to say that, you know, she's fallen just a little too much. You know, she had that brain tumor aneurysm a few years ago, and a lot of people said that she has had trouble since then with passing out. So that has reemerged. You know, last year she passed out at the 911 memorial during the campaign. So this is this is something that's happened over and over again. Certainly, we like to talk about it. Since she didn't become president, it's not that relevant. I don't think she's going <laughs> to run again. Although I hope she does run again. Yes. So, Hillary, um, Hillary, you're not relevant. That? 
You're not relevant yeah, anymore. Oh my gosh, she can't handle that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of relevance, we have covered this a lot, basically, on our website, Megan Kelly, and her leaving Fox and going to NBC and, you know, her Sunday night show had a really rough time and she was moved. Well, she, in conjunction with her Sunday night show, she has the third hour of the Today Show. Now, the Today Show is an iconic success. I don't care who you are. You have to agree that it's a success. Yeah. You know, it's been a success for years. I mean, I watched it when Jane Polly was there. Love Jane Polly. You know, she's like my hero. But anyway, so they they usually do the right thing. Whatever they do works. Oh boy. It's not working now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Megan Kelly has destroyed part of the brand already. And she's only like this is like the third week into Megan Kelly's Today Hour. Uh, Megan Kelly's ratings are hurting the D- Today Show brand. Publicists will not even book stars to be on her show. Wow. It's this segment and she's her segment is, is hurting. But she's also dragging down Kathy Lee and Hoda's ratings by being their, a bad lead-in to their show. Because they're they have the hour after her. Uh, she's down 34% already. Okay. And that has left Kathy Lee and Hoda down 26% because <laughs> she's a bad lead-in. So word has it that they've already made her appear on MSNBC once. That's usually, you know, the little note that says they're going to write out her contract eventually with her on MSNBC. Expensive ride. To put. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't think, I don't know how long they're going to let her bring down the Today Show brand. I wouldn't, but, um, and I, I knew it wasn't going to work. I mean, who is she going to appeal to? That That is a mostly female audience uh, because it's that time of day. Right. It is 25% African-American. Hmm. Let me tell you, a woman that used to work for a conservative network that said Santa Claus couldn't be black is not going to appeal to that crowd. And what moron thought that she would? Well, I, I think there's a few morons over there. Yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 just bad for everybody. So anyway, that's um, not surprising though. That because um, that's one of our, our stories we have followed through. Yes. Um, some good news. Okay. Raqqa, Syria has been liberated from ISIS. Good. Yay! Okay. That's good. Another crazy thing about the Vegas shooting is Jesus Campos, the security guard that was shot through the door um, prior to the shooter's massacre on the concert crowd, right. has disappeared. He was supposed to check in last week to have some minor medical issues cared for. He never checked in. He had a publicist or a representative, I don't know, that had booked him on a couple of shows to talk about his experience. He can't be found anywhere. Now, what in the world is that about? Right, which just raises more flags all the time. Uh, There was also a girl last week, I think she was one of the witnesses that said there was multiple shooters. She apparently died in her sleep. But she did have some medical conditions, but it, it 
you know it just there's so much weird stuff around yeah, this I that mean, it's not sitting right with me there's a lot more to this than we could even grasp yeah and i i'm just not grasping it I, i'm just not because i really liked the um seraph i thought he was totally dedicated to solving as much as they could in the situation i thought his men did you know everything they could and i still believe that i believe that there's something beyond his scope here and it's i'm not i don't know what it is i really don't yeah i don't know Um, you said it first and i i disagreed with you that there was something fishy about it but there is something fishy and but you're right there is something fishy i mean the guy's house gets broken into after the you know 10 days into the whole situation the shooter's house gets broken into i mean how nuts is that yeah i mean who would break into it first of all because they would believe it was being watched yes i mean unless it's some kind of authority too many questions any any sense and then the timeline was wrong and and then it was right again. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. way too many questions. I don't know really what's going on, but I mean, we we got to revisit this, you know, on an ongoing basis for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of reminiscent of the whole Kennedy, yes. you know, shooting. There are those kind of questions surrounding it. I just hope that it doesn't go on for decades like the Kennedy shooting yeah, because... Well. It's just crazy. Yes. You know, and is. frustrating. It's it's very frustrating and it does have us questioning security, our governments and you know, the different FBI, law enforcement. Yeah, yeah. Um, issues. Yeah. I, it questions exactly. everybody. And especially in this climate, I just don't want to see it go there. I just do not want to see it go there. But yeah. um anyway, we have a new immigrant study out. It shows that there are 60 million people in the United States that were not born in the United States. That's almost twice Uh, the population of Canada. Yeah, it's it's a lot of people. It certainly is. Yeah, it is. I'm not sure whether that includes their children. Um, I think it does not because the study suggests that these are, are older people. The idea here is that by 2060, if we keep going at this pace, 78.2% of our population will be from immigrants. And that that's a lot. At 60 million, considering the United States is about 320 million, we're not far from being, you know, at that minority. third to a quarter. <laughs> that That's correct. But the it changes the demographics. You know, it changes things like housing and social services, schools. Everything's connected. It is connected. So it is a lot and it is a lot in a short amount of time. I know that even where I live, it is just, there's so many more people. The roads are so much busier and, and we don't have the jobs. We have actually lost jobs here. Right. So... I don't know what we're going to do or how we're going to handle those kind of numbers, but they said that that was the same as adding Canada's population to Ukraine, hmm. the amount of immigrants we have here right now. And if there are 60 million that admitted they were here, my guess is there's probably 100 million here. 
there would be probably 40 million that wouldn't wouldn't admit that they were here for fear that they might be deported. I think that would be a fair analysis. I, I'd only be added to Ukraine if there was pierogies in it for me. <laughs> yeah, your family is, are they, yes. yeah. okay, Ukrainian, that's what I thought. So I thought that was an appropriate um, analogy there. Yeah, for sure. You could be for in sure. either place, really. And really, every country has got a lot of Ukrainian settlers. There's a Absolutely. There's, I wonder yeah. if there's many in the United States. Probably know. certain areas. Yeah. So anyway, and I, I'd like to say on a lighter note, but this is really kind of sad. According to News Hub, a British man has recently spent 10 years in the woods hiding from his wife of three years. Oh, my hero. She was nagging. <laughs> so he camped out and did odd jobs for a nursing home. We finally, like jobs. We finally have a winner of the world's hide-and-seek championship. Ten years. Ten years. How sad. I mean, how much did she nag? Oh, must have been horrible that oh you spend ten God. years in the bush. Wow. That's just crazy, you know? Yeah, who was crazier, him or her? Him or her. I mean, yeah, you got to say, well, Speaking of why questions. didn't you just divorce her? You'd <laughs> only been married to her for three years. I mean, clearly, financially, he didn't give a darn, but... You know, mm, well, he took the different path, so to speak, than most would have taken. He did, he did, and uh, that's just really sad. <laughs> it's sad, and it's it's a little funny, but it's sad. You know? It's funny. No, it's definitely funny. You know, I, and if I was the woman that had sent a man out to the woods because I nagged that much, I would feel really bad. I, I mean, seriously. But something tells me someone that nagged that much wouldn't feel a darn bit bad. <laughs> she would yeah. say he deserved it or something. I, I don't know what she would say. But I'd like she to would talk not, to the wife. She would be so unaware of herself that it, it would be me. You know, it, it would be his fault. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Jeez, that's just crazy. But he is now living in a homeless shelter and doing odd jobs for charity. So oh, no reconciliation in the near future, no, I guess. No, apparently he didn't yeah. go see her. I don't, I don't know. He didn't, no. No, yeah. no reconciliation at all. They said his sister had seen him and, you know, he had talked to her and she had believed he was dead. I mean, <laughs> geez, you can't make these things up. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you there. Absolutely, and we don't always agree, but life's a journey, and we're all in this together. Thanks for listening. Godspeed, Connor, and Godspeed to all of our friends out there. Yes, Godspeed, Grace, and thanks for listening. Dueling Dialogues is brought to you by our affiliates at IX Web Hosting. Click the banner on the rightleftchronicles.com to get up to 40% off your first year of the best hosting on the planet. Today's episode of Dueling Dialogue is brought to you by Saucy Eva. Gma's marinade is coming soon to a plate near you to gourmetize your meats and proteins.